Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to Reddit Club Podcast. I am here with Donnie Flo. So he owns Stage Zero Shooting Supply, which we'll talk a little bit to in this episode. He is the Pro-Am Match Director, the Tar Heel 3-Gun Match Director and owner now. Um, and he does so much 3-Gun in all across the sport. And um, I'm excited to have you on, Donnie. No, I appreciate it. I'm excited to be on. Always enjoy doing these kinds of things. And yours is always uh, very, uh, very fun and entertaining. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hopefully we can keep it that way. Yeah, we've got some fun stories and a new dad. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> Struggling on the sleep. <laughs> oh, it's so cute though, seeing kiddo, the dog, the family. I love it. So, and the beard. <laughs> yeah, you're on what break right now? Yeah, I'm on leave. I got three, three. The, the so the Department of Defense made um, paternity and maternity leave. It's now uh, primary caregiver, and they can't tell you who the primary caregiver is except for you and your spouse to do it so i got 12 weeks of, of primary caregiver leave yeah. um and i have not cut my hair or shaved since then and i ain't doing it until the like the morning that i have to go back is when i'll go and get a haircut <laughs> shave. you know i semi believed you so we were at the gathering a couple weeks ago and i was like he's for sure gonna at least get a haircut between now and then no no it's it is boy it's, it's out there now i mean I'm letting my inner martini shine. Oh, you do have the curly hair like him. It was good to see him shooting again this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be, he, yeah, he was at um, Multigun Nationals. He'll be here at Battle of Southwood this, this weekend as well. Awesome. Well, let's dive in there. So, yeah, Multigun Nationals, walk me through what did you think as a shooter of the match? And then what did you think as like a match director perspective of Multigun? Okay. So, either way, I can get in trouble here. <laughs> so, I'm just going to be honest. So, I think that um, I think multi-gun USPSA did some strides with changing some of the rules to make it a little bit friendlier for uh, gun handling to try and get three gunners to come to multi-gun by USPSA and everything. You know, the rules have been very restrictive compared to what we do in three gun out, whether you want to call it outlaw three gun or whatever, but what we do in three gun is very different than the gun handling USPSA multi-gun. Yeah. Three gun, especially at the Clinton house where you work out of your car majority of the time, you freaking can take your holster off and stick it in the car, in the back of your truck. You work out of the back of your truck. You take your stuff over to the preload table. You say, Hey, am I good to preload? Yeah, go ahead. And they move on about their business and you preload and everything. And, and there, you know, it was still okay. Everybody come over here and preload. We have to watch you preload. Okay. You're done with your stage. Put it on the table. We have to watch you put it back in the back. So it wasn't the six foot from the berm kind of thing. And we could take the guns off, but you had to be, do it under an RO supervision. Um, so there was some some steps forward. Sure. But in my opinion, there's still some steps to take to get it to where it needs to be to, to get participation. Yeah. Um, I think there were some of the stages were, were good. Um, I like some of the stages and, and I like shooting. Don't get me wrong. I like shooting base stages. I like being able to get on the trigger fast and get to it and go it right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for a na- we'll say for a national level match for what is supposed to be the national level ma- level match. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think there was enough long range. Yeah, I didn't think it was a, a high enough round count. Um, as it, this is as a shooter, yep. I think it was 408 rounds. And comparative to the trial challenge that I'm doing, the the American Fence trial challenge that I'm doing in a few weeks, the round count's going to be closer to 650. Yeah. Um. So that's a big discrepancy between an outlaw three gun match and what's supposed to be the national match. Right. Um. We're going to be shooting out to 700. The farthest we went, I think, was 325. So you know, like that kind of thing. Um. I get the USPSA is a bay style matches, generally speaking. Um, but when you have it at a facility as nice, uh, as the Clinton house with such an, a wide array of options that you can right. do, I don't feel like it was fully taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, and some of that still falls in it. And some of that is not because of Shannon who built the, yeah. the, the stages. Some of it's because of the restrictions of, um, USPSA. Um, you know, you can't use. They can't use like spinners, like Texas stars and double Texas stars and the um, propeller plate rack and, and stuff like that. So that takes some of the things that we see at every three gun match out of it. and takes it out of the, the thing. So um, a lot of paper, not a lot of steel. I think that should be the other way around. I agree. Uh, the ratio I'm trying to do at the tutorial challenge is like a 60 to 40. And this was probably 35 to 65. Holy cow. You know, steel, 65% paper. Mm -hmm. So um, the big killer at at the match was one of the stages, stage two. um, I heard about this, the bonus time. Yeah, Shannon set it up, and there was um, two, um, it was kind of identical stages on opposite ends Mm -hmm. uh, of the the stage, and there were two swingers. And as you activate the swingers from the middle, they would go, and you had to shoot one side, run all the way down, get the other side. And he didn't think that people would be able to do it. Well, when the ROs were shooting, they saw that you could. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a bonus target. So 10-second right. bonus if you got it. So Nate Staskowitz um, ran a, the fastest in the match, period. But for TAC Ops especially. Um, and he did it in like 8.13 seconds. So he, wow. well, he did it in 28.13, but right. he got 20 seconds. So it made it an eight-second stage. So if you think about that, for every every eighth of a second or every every eight tenths of a second that you're behind 8.13 so if you're at nine seconds you've lost 10 points yeah. so you're already coming in at 90 percent um and, and unfortunately them not filling that stage out that changed the outcome of who won the match oh i'm sure i saw joel Turner's um stage that he showed with that where it didn't activate that one so he had to run back yeah. to the middle and that was painful to watch too and like i know don obier wrote a, wrote a review as well you know that it shouldn't come down to one stage at the end of the day either for a yeah. match and that really 12 stages and one stage literally decided because the person who was second place in the match lost 20 match points on that stage but they were only down by like three match points when it came time to, or four match points when it came to the end result. So you can't have, I mean, I I heard um, someone say, oh, well, I I think Shannon put it out or somebody said that um, couldn't legally find a way to legally justify pulling it out according to the rules. And to me, the match director side of me is I don't care what the rules say. I don't care how you have to try to legally justify it. The fact is, is that you have to pull it out. Yeah. you can't have a stage that dictates the 
outcome of the match. Um, I think that's like in the sportsmanship clause almost. Like I know it's not written in there, but when I think about USPSA rules, I think that is from that angle of the match and the spirit of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's one thing if somebody has a bad stage and that bad, like a truly bad stage, right. and they go from shooting 80%, 90%, or 90, 95% every stage, um, and they're going back and forth, and then they have a stage where they have a major malfunction or just jack it up, yeah. and they end up at 40%. And that causes them to lose the match. That's one thing. But by the stage design, changing the outcome in one one stage in a 12-stage match, you got to toss it. Um, but they, they didn't do that. So as a match director, I think that um, that's the, the thing I had to aspect with. Um, the stages were all very straightforward, very kind of fast. The way they did the format, it was supposed to be AM, PM format. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the, the participation level and the, the amount of squads, they did two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Well, we were done by 11.15 yeah. all three days. And then we sat around. We went and got something to eat, and we sat around till 1. And, you know, you start to feel tired. You're ready to take a break, whatever. You go sit out on the stage for 45 minutes waiting for the next one to start. So yeah. doing a big thing on that. Um, well, I think they made some steps in the right direction. For, for multi-gun with USPSA. Um, I think there are also some things that um, did not go, <laughs> did not help them in that, in that effort to move forward. Yeah. You know, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'd like to see it, you know, I'd, I'd like to see it move forward and. Yeah. And of course we do. Moving. We want it to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, it's getting the right people in charge up there. You yeah. know, I like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like the, the president, Pres- uh, running for the president or whatever. Uh-huh. I'm behind Steve Moneypenny. Yeah, you know, he I, showed I, up. I, I think he's a good dude. I think he uh, he looks at things in a very fair way. And on top of that, he's a three gunner. I think he's going to do the things that need to happen, or try to influence and do the things that need to happen to help grow multi gun. You know, there's a lot of USPSA shooters that I think are. Uh, they don't like multi-gun. They don't like long guns. They don't like our gun handling. They, you know, I don't know what they think about us, but sometimes I don't think it's a very high opinion. You know? Right. <laughs> so, but um, he, he's a three-gunner, and, and he sees the value in that. Because if you can grow multi-gun, you got to look. Three-gun nation, if you look on social media, um, they have like 280,000 followers on Facebook. Wow. They had a huge membership. Right. So if you can do that and that's what that was three gunners, that was not USPSA. Now, there were some USPSA members that were three guns, but there's a, a lot of three gunners that are not USPSA members. Right. Yep. So yep. if you can bring them into the fold and create something of value for them with a, a correct, good, true classification system and give them value to that. If you can bring in a true nationals match that um, that brings value to that and, and has those kinds of big stages that a national match should have. If you can bring value to it, to those that are wanting to shoot the world shoot to where yep. now we've got um, actual qualifiers and stuff. And that's one thing. So like I'm looking to do next year, I've got to submit the, the I'm actually having to start a USPSA club, Tar Heel three gun USPSA club. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're doing it because I'm going to be running shotgun and rifle single day matches next year. Um, one gun only. And those are, we're going to put it to the board, hopefully get approved and everything. Um, we'll be qualifiers for the world rifle and shotgun shoot as wow. well. So, you know, whatever we can do to help grow, but you have to to let those people know that, hey, 
we're willing to make the changes to get you in there. There's within extent of, you know, what lawyers and whatnot will allow them to do. Um, but I, I think that's a key to it. I, I think they've, they've got to keep pushing forward and make the changes. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of curious if there'll be a multi-gun nationals next year. Oof, that's hard to hear that, actually. That's hard to hear mm-hmm. that. I did I did watch, I was proud of like Justine Jalise. You know, they're normally pistol shooters. They came out and three gunned. And um mm-hmm. I was laughing. Poor Jalise. She posted, I uh went to multi-gun nationals and I really went to a track meet and she just posted her running and running and running. <laughs> and see, and that's see, that's something like it uh, any any to me, any three gun, I don't think it's a, a sprint match. Like yeah. if you're running from one position to another, I don't care what match it is, national or otherwise. You are shooting from position to position. Yeah. Not running. Um, yeah, not not a 30-yard sprint, yeah. let alone two 30-yard sprints in the same stage. Yeah, I saw that. That's not a thing. So, yeah. I mean, if you think about – I like what you said because I've been to low-cap nationals, high-cap nationals, two-gun nationals that USPSA has put on for the last, like, three years. And, you know, their round counts, too, are even, like, four or 500 rounds, and that's two guns or one gun. It's like, okay, we're, we're talking about three. So, like, that does justify and verify that – or verify that that should be more a higher round count. Mm-hmm. I don't like running for the sake of running either. I mean, I – I busted my ankle and I wasn't going to make that match because after I looked at that, I'm like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> like, um, but yeah. 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 And, and like you said, I think the prescriptive nature too, I'll just say this on the, some of the stages I saw, at least on Instagram is like, you shoot this gun, you shoot this gun, you shoot this gun. And you know, I, I do like options. I did like the one where you could slug paper or, you yep. know, plays with the shotgun, which is awesome. That was one of the better stages. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's three gun to me. It's like, Hey, you want to shoot shotgun, shoot shotgun, pistol, shoot yep. pistol and like be able to have options. Yep. And, you know, um, you know, you're bringing up the, the other nationals over the last few years, you know, like shooting two gun nationals and PCC nationals. You look at the stage complexity that they had there to where there was a bunch of different ways to run it. Yep. And everything, and it's figuring out like that to me is what sets apart the shooters here to the shooters here to the shooters here yeah. is, you know, being able to break down a stage how to get into position, out of position as fast as possible, how to shoot the most of targets from one position, you know, how to make the most of that economy of movement and and everything. And these stage eight was like that with being able to do it. Um, stage two, there was a couple different ways to do it. Um, yep. So it wasn't bad. The rest of them were all pretty prescriptive. You can do something different, but you're going to be at such a disadvantage if you do it that way. Yeah. The rest of the rest of them were pretty straightforward. So, like I said, seeing that that's the way it should be at the larger matches where there's a bunch of different ways to do something. Yep. And then this is very straightforward. Yeah. Um, wasn't really what I was expecting, and that's not what I've seen in the past out of Shannon. So not out of Shannon. Yeah. I remember yeah. six twenty-five yard targets. I remember yeah being able to choose pistol or, or shotgun a lot and a lot of them. Um, yeah. So so yeah. I, I was a little disappointed in the in the stages and, and, um, and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. So moving into the Tar Heel and I'm really excited about this. My entire dream, my entire life, if I ever get a shotgun that works, um, <laughs> is to shoot world shotgun shoot. Like that's so exciting. And people forget that shotgun's a sport internationally. They forget that mm-hmm. rifle is a sport internationally. I know Joe's gone over there. Becky's gone over there. Lanny's gone mm-hmm. over there. So if we don't have these three gun, these one-off matches, like that is truly going to die um we're americans shooting is our game so (laughs) yes exactly and and you know previously the um and and for instance so 
Multi-gun nationals has been the only way, the only qualifier that they've had for, right? So you look at a couple years ago, um, we picked people, I say we, USPSA picked people to be on the team based off of their participation in pistol, not who was the best shotgunner, not the guy who was winning, who's shooting open in world shoot and is winning every match that he goes to and open against the best shooters in the country. And he ends up not on the team. You know, talking about Josh Freilich, Freilich and yeah. ends, ends up winning the world <laughs> shoot on the individual side. You know, so we've got to have a way to other than one match to do the qualifiers and make selection based off of that. So um, I actually think I was talking to Mike and Land this past weekend, you know, when they were down here. Mm-hmm. And what we're putting forward is that we're going to do two, um, do a total of four matches. We're going to do two at Clinton House and two at. Uh, over in Texas, Texas. or whatever, okay. and it'll be it'll be a, a, a single weekend with a single day of shotgun and a single day of rifle. Mm-hmm. What we're looking to do is probably do like a hundred and twenty five dollar um, entry fee for each day. Perfect. And then we'll take our cut, and then we're looking to put in thirty five forty dollars back into a pot, and winners, you know, pyramid down on a cash payout. We're even looking at taking part of the 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 um, money that that we make off of it. And following that in to help um, people go. Fund. That would and, be and cool. so. If we've got those four matches, and you know, that gives three years of four matches, and maybe we add in two more somewhere else, maybe up towards the Midwest, like a Chad Francis's place or, yeah. or something like that. Even though Chad, he's kinda, Chad he's kinda, and USPSA, hold on. I was gonna say, he's kind of anti USPSA, <laughs> but you know, he's in a good location. And there's a lot of three gunners around there, or maybe um, Lead Farm. Uh, it's Lead Farm. Forest? Well, yeah, the they Lake have Forest that up one in Minnesota, where they Minnesota. do the the yeah. gun, yeah, the um, Vortex gun or whatever. Maybe somewhere up there, but you know, in a couple different places in the country, so that maybe we have six. You know, what would be neat like too that. is like um, the Go Fast Don't Suck Postal Match, where it's the same stages, just clubs set them up. That would be neat too, is where people wouldn't have to travel to Clinton House and Texas to shoot different ones. It's the same stages in different regions, like you're saying, and you could see maybe how you stack up against everybody across the country. Well, that's going to be the classifier. So okay. if, if we get a classification system, but you can't do that for qualifiers and put that down to the the local level because let's face it. We've seen it in the past. People cheat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't you can't create the stage and say, "Hey, local level, run this," because right. it'll be the person that runs it twenty five times and they take <laughs> their best time, and that's what they input into the score system. You know, to say, "Look, I did it." <laughs> so a small sad ego. I just can't even. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that's what we're looking to do, and then you you take those in with the world shoot for the qualifiers and you got multi-gun national sort of qualifiers. And at the very least, now you've got five scores to, to pull from or, or yeah. maybe seven scores. And then um, they're looking, I know USPSA is looking to do some things to try and get other matches set up as qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're working out the details of that. And there's a lot of things going on. Hopefully that's going to help, like I said, to pro- kind of propel the USPSA multi-gun forward and yeah. to get three gunners on board with it and not so anti three guy. I mean anti multi gun USPSA. Yeah. Um and I say that I was one of the I was one of the ones leading the charge. Yeah. Like I had a multi gun a USPSA membership for ten years and the first seven years I, I probably didn't shoot a USPSA match but once a year. 
Yeah. And when I did, I used it as practice for three gun. Two anywhere, go as fast as you can. <laughs> um, you know, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I had used it for what it was intended for. And accuracy? Used it for, <laughs> for accuracy and movement and breaking down stages and everything else. But I didn't do that. I was like, as fast as I can. Mike, Mike, Charlie, Delta. I was like, doesn't mean nothing to me. I mean. <laughs> One, two, five. <laughs> like, is that good? No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so this reminds me of something funny though. So this last past weekend I shot because I was I was so sad I didn't get to go to multi and there's a slot to the IDPA thing and I was this close after the first two stages, like you said, of just being like, F it, this is gonna be, you know, three gun practice, two anywhere on day. <laughs> this close. Let me tell you. <laughs> I can go to a USPSA match and take it. Take it serious now. You will yes. never, ever, ever get me to go to IDPA yeah. match. Oh, it was awful. That was my first, yeah. my last match I've ever shot for IDPA. First and last. And and <laughs> the whole thing I was went, like so hard. <laughs> I went to a, a fun shoot that had two stages of Steel Challenge, two stages of USPSA, and two stages of IDPA. Mm-hmm. And I, I shot one of the Steel Challenge to the USPSA, rolled into the IDPA, got done with the first IDPA uh, one, and packed my stuff up and left. Didn't even finish the match. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm never like, there's another stage of IDPA in this match. I'm not shooting. <laughs> I packed my stuff up and left, and I never went to anything that was even remotely IDPA again after that. That was hard. That was a different thing. Um, and I had so many penalties that I didn't really understand. So, yeah, first and last. I mean, and like, it didn't make sense where um, the class fire stages or whatever, you know, you're shooting, I'm shooting a rifle and they're like, shoot four, load, whatever. I was like, why the hell am I going to have 57 round mag with four rounds in it? <laughs> it makes no sense, right? Stand no. still. I mean, I know they've changed some of the rules since that, that when I did they're it. They're not but... activated too for some of the new ones till June. So we still have the old, old rule set. Well, I mean, like these changed a couple years ago or whatever. Like when I first did it, I was changing, and as I was moving the position, I reloaded. I'm like, you didn't stand still and reload. I was like, why in the when I stand still and reload? Well, that's the rules. I said, this is defensive pistol shooting, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah. I said, what you're telling me to do is equivalent to a cop taking okay. out his revolver in the 80s, emptying the, the, the brass into his hand, and putting it in his pocket, right? They got a bunch of them killed because that's the way they had to do it on range. It was so ingrained in them. I said, now you, you, I was like, no, I'm gone. Bye. Yeah. It's not funny. Not it's bad. Yeah. 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 I was like, peace out, Felicia. I'm out. <laughs> oh, we digress. Oh, oh, I've got to ask a question too. Cause I actually don't know why. So I saw, I think it was Ruben that posted like uh tripod nationals. Oh Is- yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Explain Holy that to me. Holy moly, dude. Okay. So, <laughs> so this is one of the things in rules. So like, so, and some, and it's not just USPSA. There are some other matches that allow the same thing. You can stage equipment. These jokers had a tripod stage. There was a a, a lull, um, and you, you you know my buddy. He's he's a he's a he's one of them. Josh? No. He are you talking about Fraylet? No, I was thinking. I don't ever know how to say his last name. Wash Josh Josh whatever. Oh, it's open. I think it's Celia. I think that's how you pronounce it. Sorry, Josh. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, reading, it, you know, I don't have it here spelled out for me in phonetics to, to try and <laughs> pronounce it. Um, no, but like, so one of the stages you had a log that you shot off of. 
And the open guys, some of them, set up a tripod in front of the log, and then they would just sit down on the log and have their gun on the tripod. Then they'd get up and run forward, right? What They'd run forward, dump the rifle, pick up a shotgun, shoot a shotgun. Then to that shotgun run, there was um, shotgun slugs. Some of these jokers set up another tripod down at the end to shoot the 60-yard slug off of. No way. Yeah. That's and no way. So, like, at my matches, you can carry something with you. Correct. You can leave it behind. Yep. Like, you know, if, even tack ops, if you've got a, a chest rig on and you yep. load and you drop that chest rig, I don't have a problem with that. Yep. You can't drop your whole gun belt because your gun belt has a gun on it, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. But. Um, if you want to start with a tripod and use a tripod, a tripod will be in your hands off the ground. Correct. You will not stage it down the road. And since long range is usually at the end of my stages so that we can reset to help for to, to help accommodate larger stages and higher round count and everything, um, you cannot stage it down there at the end. Now, if you want to put it on your back on a strap like a sling and carry it down there and then rip it off and do it, yeah. more power to you. But you will carry it on you to where you want to go, yeah. and then you can leave it behind. That makes yeah, sense. Any real world scenario, you're not going to have stage tripods. Yeah, no tripod nationals. That's what that. That's what this match was. It was the, so, the tripod nationals. That's open only, though. That's open only. So yes. I don't think I get that open is is open. I, I just I don't understand that. I think you should have to start with the gear that's on you. It's the same thing as if I was like running to my car and be like in the middle of the stage and grab something like that's not a thing. Yeah. What? So, but it's allowed. No way. The system yeah. is broken. Two tripods. I'll tell you what. It was it was it was my crew of buddies that were the worst offenders on that one. <laughs> Man, I think they had like seven tripods out there. Like, is your tripod better or is this one better? Let's play with it. I don't want your tripod. I want to use my tripod. Oh my god. No, all those guys, and I'm not even gonna name them. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna name drop them, but there's a picture floating around on the internet. They've got like three or four tripods set up amongst them. So really nobody's dropped those videos yet is what's happening. Cause they know yeah. they, they would be giving shit. Yeah. So, I mean, open is supposed to have an advantage, but it comes from the dot and it comes from the open shotguns and the side saddle. Like that's where, and the unlimited, the larger mag capacities and you can use bags and stuff like that. But the whole tripod thing, like that's, I would just assume outlaw tripods. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a PRS match. No, I get I get bipods even, but it should be on the gun or on yourself or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. that's awesome. So, and I've I've seen I've seen like five foot bipods. You know, that people have like legs that are like four Stand feet there. tall. Like, yeah. No. So you you want to run that in my match? <laughs> if that if it attaches to the gun, it stays on the gun. You don't have to fold <laughs> them jokers up. And go running around. Go go running through the shoot house with those things. <laughs> um, it be like the old guns that had like the the sword attached, whatever. Um, okay, maybe this will stir up shit. So, in your opinion, Donnie, do red dots belong in tack ops? No. Thank you. Tell Dave, <laughs> tell Dave, Dave Hartman to take that to the no. So, train okay. station. Take that to the train station. There you go. There you go. He already lives in Wyoming. He's right there for it down the road um so my my opinion on that so um carry optics is the fastest growing division in in uspsa right yep huge number of people do it ton of people are using it for um their carry guns nowadays so i do not believe that red dots belong in tac ops however like the tutorial challenge 
I created a a, a separate mm-hmm. um um division division yep called Carry Ops. It is Tac Ops with a slide ride red dot. Yeah, that's the only difference. Slide ride red dot allowed for the people that want to shoot that that don't want to change guns to have to play because that's what they play with the most and that's what they shoot the most. You know, USPSA carry optics every weekend and but they want to come three down, but they don't want to go open and they don't want to switch back to a, a limited gun. Yeah. I, I get it. Um, it is, I think we've got 14 or 15 people signed up for it in okay. the Tar Hill Challenge. Um, Tacos is still the winner in, in participation with open right behind it, like right behind it. Open has freaking exploded in the last couple of years. We used to have 10 to 15 people at a match that were open. And now, like the pro am, for instance, I think I've got 70 something people that are open. Wow. You know? um, now, granted, it's strictly open and tack ops at that match, but out of 200 shooters, 75 to 80 of them are open shooters. That's so that's, that's, that's a good bit. Yeah. Um, so I believe that, but, um, you know, Matt says it, said it, says it the best or whatever. He's like, he said, it's stupid if you want to put a dot on there thinking it's going to help you fast go faster. That's fine. Cause I'll have a dot on mine and I'm going to go faster and I will crush your soul even more. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's like his, his opinion of it. He's like, you can put it on there. It's not going to help you do better. It's yeah. not going to help you finish better. Yeah. He said, all it's going to do is help you miss faster. Yeah. For a lot of these guys. So carry optics division. Yes. Red dots in tech okay. ops. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, hard as hell. I was listening to that podcast too. I think that was one of the divisions sort of that he's trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know. I'm not going to quote it, but he was trying to add something completely different for that. Pe- those people too. So that was, you talking about Brian said yeah, that or, or Brian Nelson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was down there this past weekend too. Yeah. I saw his furry face and I was like, that's not Brian. <laughs> you guys yeah. look like completely different people when you have a fur on your face. <laughs> There were a lot of people. Um, I saw Dan uh, Horner at the beginning of the match, and he drove by and I waved to him, and he like waved and kind of kept on going down the road. And at the end of the match, the prize table, I walked up. I was like, "What's going on, man?" He was like, "What? What? Have you been here all weekend?" I was like, "Yeah." You drove right past me and waved as I waved at you. You know, the first day he was like, "Dude, I didn't even recognize you." Uh-uh. I was like, "Yeah, I'm getting that. It's a good bit right now." <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um. So do you want to talk a little bit actually about, yeah, the Pro-Am match too that's coming up this this fall? And that's third yeah. year, right? Yeah, third year. Okay. Yeah, and it keeps growing. So like actually up to about June each year, there's been about 70-ish people signed up and registered. Um, and then um, including ROs, it ends up a little bit over 200, 203, 204. I think it was 187 the first year and ended up like 204 last year. Um, this year, the registration is already at 140-something. Oh, wow. Around 180 with the ROs. So, and then, like I said, majority of the people have always traditionally kind of signed up June, July mm-hmm. timeframe. So, I'm hoping that it, it actually fills up this year. Um, made a lot of a lot of strides that first year, first year match director or whatever. Um, I learned a lot uh, about the time management, the analytics, um, stage design as far as. Um, flow and everything like that uh, I, I kept it real simple the first year to kind of see where the ams where we could handle and push the ams second year i made it a little bit 
more difficult, gave a, a couple stages that had some more options, wasn't so straightforward or whatever. You know, a lot of pros are like, well, I don't want to do that. You know, it's a, uh, I, I want to shoot my match and trying to help somebody is, you know, for, um, you know, it takes away like, bro, who's your sponsor? Like, yeah. let's call your sponsor and see if your sponsor thinks that that's the correct answer in that situation. Like, <laughs> it's too far away. I, I got you. Yeah. No problem. It, it doesn't offend me at all. Yeah. Um, but when you're a sponsored shooter and your response is, I can't shoot my best match if yeah. I have an am shooter that I'm having to help. Yeah. Bro, you're, you don't belong in this sport. Period. You're not what the yeah. sport is about. And you're certainly not what the, the atmosphere of that match is about. That match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, we'll kick it up a little bit more this year. And, you know, last year we, we did more of what we were trying to do the first year. We had um, the barbecue dinner on Saturday night, had a band out there, Clint Up Church and his band came out there. This year I think we're just going to have a DJ, keep it a little bit more simpler, a little bit more diverse tunes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, cornhole tournament, um, had the barbecue dinner that uh, Jeremy Swafford did. And, let me so tell you, good. That, so oh good. God, it was so good. And that blueberry cobbler that he did or whatever, whew, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> um so we did that you know we had um we had more of um what's the word i'm looking for I had the side stages we still had the bear at one mouse uh challenge we're gonna have the bear at one mile challenge again this year which i'm about to post that up so people can start registering for that how much does that cost um, to shoot that uh i think it's i think we do 25 dollars, and all the proceeds go back to um a charity foundation so last year um, we did Memorial Three Gun, we did um, Battle Buddy Three Gun, and we did uh, Generation Three Gun. Okay. And I'm a firm believer that the the future, the only way we're going to protect the Second Amendment is with the next generation of shooters. So this year we're probably going to do a majority of it towards Generation Three Gun, huh? um, and then the rest of it towards um, maybe Battle Buddy Three Gun. Yeah. Or um, you could say that too for a world shoot. shoot. Yeah, Stevens Duskins or or something like that. So, but all the money from the because we do a fastest pro, fastest am, um, uh, three gun shoot off stage, mm-hmm. and the fastest pro and the fastest am win a lead star rifle, and um, all that money goes to a charity. And then we do a cornhole tournament. All that money goes to charity. We do the one mile challenge. All that money goes to charity. So, um, we, we've done pretty good with those. Um, yeah. Last year. Uh, Jeremy for the barbecue dinner donated all the funds from the barbecue dinner to it. And I think that was like, he donated like twelve or $1,300 wow. for, for, the, for the, the dinner or whatever. Well, he raised like twelve dollars to $1,300 and that was including like other people were like, oh, here, give, give some extra whatever kind of thing. That's so, awesome. um, it was good, but you know, I'm, the big thing there is trying to make it into, I want it to be an event. Yeah. You know, like people come, Experience. people yeah. hang out have a good time yep. you know everybody said like i do want to say that probably half the match was out there on saturday night at the barbecue dinner if not more he ran out of food and he had enough food for like 140 people wow so you know um that but that's what i wanted i, I want the pro to be something where it gets rid of the clicks people are talking and moving from group to group to you know whatever and interacting with people and introducing their hands to other people and helping to grow that circle of um, like-minded people that you that you have well so, the other thing too and i don't know if you're going to do this ever and maybe it's bad mentioning it but are you ever going to like a night or like a night vision or something you know like superstition does 
You know, they're doing that this weekend. Um, Jason and them do it um, at their match. What I may do, because if you do that, it's going to be a base base stage. Yeah. I may yeah. Just something experienced, though. I don't think a lot of people have shot under night vision, and well, it's cool out there. Yeah, and the person, you know, Jason and them, they're, they've got it going at their match, but they're not the ones who do that. It's um, And I may talk to them this weekend because I like that idea. And maybe we'll do the match fee will be towards, for that, we'll go towards um, a charity as well. Yeah. But, um, sure, John Sherbert is the one yeah. who does that. That works at Griffin Group and everything. Phenomenal dude, um, former SF and everything. Great guy. He's the one that puts on all those night matches out there and everything like that. So I have him come in and maybe do a four-stage kind of thing. And anybody that wants to do it, maybe we can get a company to donate um, some night vision to oh. let people who don't have it run it. Oh, and kind of kind of do that. So um, that's a that's a good idea. I, actually, I like that. We can set that up for Friday. That's one thing. Like before, yeah, the weekend kicks mm-hmm. off. You know, and and it was funny when I went up there to the gathering. That's we kind of got in trouble, but we didn't. Um, we did a little bit of the golf cart night visioning, which was really cool though to have that experience. And like then I know Chad has the toys. He had the um, flamethrower. So like Hidden <laughs> House is is becoming a another one of those tactical Disneyland places. Oh yeah, it, it's and and Chris and Chip um, Grant who own it are awesome. they, they have decided they want shooting there. They want the events. They want the matches, and they have spent the money and done the work to do so. You know, um, you can't tell me another. Um, facility, match facility, another <laughs> range facility where when it rains and you need hay rolled out on the, the stage and brought out there and this, that, and other done. And the owner comes out and does it. And you know, like he doesn't just own the Clinton house. Like he owns a textile plant and some other stuff. He does not have to do that. No, but he's out there rolling that stuff out and chips out there welding stuff out and picking up the, the, the son um, who, you know, it's his property as well. Yeah is out there picking up trash and stuff like that. You can't tell me another range facility where they do that. No. They won't there and they they are very humble and very down to earth and very approachable. Um and they're doing everything they can to to bring shooting into to this area. It's funny, Chris's wife, we left uh the Hunters HG Gold carpet there from the gallery because we knew we'd be back for multi again nationals and she really cleaned the carpet for Brian. <laughs> oh, she is she is a trip and a love hat. her. Like I said, they're they're you've seen the Clinton house. Yeah. You know the money they put in there, it's twenty two hundred acres, whatever. She probably doesn't have to work. Mm-mm. And she still works. She's a teacher. Yep. Um and she does it because she loves it. You know, that's the kind of people that they are. And uh, I, I think the world of, of them and, and their whole family and everything and, and Chip just had another baby just a couple matter of fact, he had a baby the week of Pruitt. Oh last year. Cool. Okay. They had a little girl, um, Tuesday, 50, or Wednesday, 50. okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, two, I, I didn't ask this for people that don't know the pro am. How does someone qualify as a pro versus an amateur? Okay, so the qualifies pro it's two ways one is you finish top 35% in your division at a, a major three gun match. Um, so if you were at multi gun nationals and Nate Staskowicz finished at 100%. You know, he was 100% and you finished at 64.5% of Nate. You don't technically qualify as a pro. You can be an A. Um, if you hit 65.1 or 65, pro it is, right? 
Um, the other way is integrity-based. Like, you know that you should be a pro. You may not be the shooter that Nate is, that Matt is, that Joel is, or, you know, Josh or some of these other high-end guys. But you know you've been shooting for a while. You know you have the tools to help somebody. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've got the knowledge to share, right? Um, and that's what it's about. So it's integrity-based. Um, maybe you don't qualify as a pro, but you think that you should be because you have stuff to offer. Cool. If, say, you're a grandmaster shooter in three or four different divisions in USPSA, you know how to shoot long range or you know how to sh- break down stages. You know how to do this. You know how to do that. Not integrity. Right. Like, yeah. No, you should be a yeah. freaking pro. Maybe you don't have all the experience on the shotgun, but you don't need a bunch of experience with shotgun to tell them. You know how to shoot a rifle. You know, this isn't PRS. PRS is a very different game than three guys, but you know how to shoot a rifle. You know how to, to get into position. You know what I mean? Like I had someone last year who was like, I'm going to be an animal. I was like, no, you're not. You're like, I'm, I've never shot a three gun match. It's like, I don't care. Yeah. You're running open. You've got an open shotgun. You do very well at the single gun AR AK right. matches. You do very well at two gun matches. You're a, a master class shooter in a bunch of different divisions like nah, bro. Where do um, they end up? Where do they end up in the match? Yeah. Oh, they crashed and burned. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I like that now. Yeah, they, they but it was it was they can tell you that they shot well, but they had some mental breakdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mental breakdowns are what cost them. And that's you know, it is what it is, getting used to three gun, but you're not teaching and am the mental game of it that's too advanced for for what they're doing you're teaching them positions how to look at a stage hey don't forget this forget here's that here's some more ammo you know yeah. that's what you're, you're you're helping them with you're helping them with that kind of stuff and that has nothing to do with your mental stuff but the fact is as a pro you're not going to shoot as good of a match as you would have um if you didn't have a partner yeah and so coaching is allowed for amateurs, not for pros. And then technically there is like a separate prize table for the amateur and the pros. Yeah. Yep. Separate prize tables. And we do a separate staff match too. Now there's something I'm going to say. So um, most matches don't do this. I've started because of the first year, there were some things that we should have changed that we didn't um, because we had already shot the ROs. <laughs> and um, that made me realize like we need a separate RO prize table. So I started a separate match. The ROs for all my matches, major matches, shoot a separate match with a separate prize table. That way, if we see. Oh. For the, for the match, then we can change it. And it doesn't affect, it doesn't put the, the ROs at advantage or disadvantage within the match. Wait, you cut out on the first part. So it's a different match. All right. Start over with the pro and the, or the, the RO side of the match. Okay, so I have two separate matches, right? We've got the regular match, and we've got the RO match. So the staff actually registers for a separate match. Okay. Um, that way, if there's something that we see that's wrong throughout the, the RO match or whatever, the staff match, we can change it for the regular match. Yeah. And, you know, if they are shooting a separate match, and let's say we change some targets around, we make them harder for the main match than they were for the staff match, well, if it's all the same thing and they're falling into the same place on the prize table, well, now we just gave an advantage to the staff. Yeah. So two separate, 
two separate matches, two separate separate prize tables. That way it doesn't have a negative impact on either side. Then would the staff still be split in pro and am categories? Yes. Okay. They are. They're still sitting pro and am for here's a perfect example. So multi-gun nationals, they realize at stage two that everybody could get to that thing, right? If that had been a separate match, they had already shot it. If it had been a separate match, they could have shut it down. They right. could have changed it up for the main match, and it wouldn't have affected anybody negatively. It wouldn't affect the staff, and it wouldn't affect the match. Right. So the only thing I'm curious about is, like, I know that there still be some diff- differences in that. Could you ever put yourself into the main match as staff just to see where you would have ended up, even though something um, changed? I don't think so. I mean, you right. you can always look at um, percentages and figure it out, like yeah. do the math or whatever. Yeah. You know, because it's X amount of points and you can do X amount of points out of how many possible points there are, your percentage based off of what their points are. Yeah. You know, like if, if the Nate got 900 points and you got 787, you know, do the math and figure out what percentage you are of him. And then you can see where you'd finish in the yeah. match. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's really the only way to do it. Okay. Now. I'm not going to stir up some uh, pot here, but I know we talked about the gathering. So do you want to have your, your minute here to talk about prize table matches versus not having to do prize tables and just enjoy the sports with awards or whatever? Now, see, that's a tricky thing. So, okay. So I will tell you <laughs> as a match director, and I don't think you would get any match director to ever, to ever disagree with this. The, the most work you do is, the prize table mm-hmm. that is like i will take the two weeks to set up the match and a couple days to break it down or a week and a half to set up the match and a couple days to break it down and i'm good to go but if a match director is doing their job properly and staying in contact with their sponsors pushing uh, posts creating content you know helping actually support the sponsors and everything like that then that is 90 percent of my time yeah. If you take the sponsorship away and say, hey, no prize table, we're just going to shoot it for fun, match director is going to be like, <laughs> you know, they're going to throw their hands up and be like, yes. Um, and, and, you know, Hold on. whoever is listening to this, please go to YouTube and watch Donnie do this. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I love my sponsors. I'm grateful for oh, yeah. the people that sponsor my matches. And I like to think that the effort that I push, you know, like I, I, I call the sponsors um, every year and I'm like, Hey, look, here's what I'm doing. You've seen what I've done so far. Here's what I'm doing. Like for Tar Heel three gun this year, I started a Tar Heel three gun um, YouTube yeah. page, right? I did an intro, a 12 week intro to three gun video series, the American defense 12 week um, or intro to three gun video series, which was, part of their thing for being the title sponsor of the Tar Heel Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be doing reviews on some IWI guns, some uh, American Defense guns, some Lead Star guns, Vortex Optics. I've got some stuff from um, Real Avid. Like right. I'm starting to do all these different reviews and stuff like that to help give a better value to my sponsors right. of the matches and everything. Um, but that being said, if I didn't have to do all that in order to have a match, if I didn't have to take that time away from my family, take that time away from doing business, take that time away from practicing, take that time away from doing other things, that's a, I mean, that's, 
like a lot off your shoulders, right? Yeah. Um, so if if you said, hey, Tar Heel Challenge is $325. If we said, hey, we're going to make that 650-round, nine-stage, three-day match, $175. Took $150 off of it. No prize table. Are you going to come shoot it? If we did it for $150, $175, are yeah. you there to shoot and put rounds down range? Or are you there for the possibility to pick up a really nice prize right? because you're a top guy? Or, you know, you just just picking up something makes you feel good, even if it's a bottle of oil and some stickers, oh you know, God. and a $10 off certificate or something like that. You know, it's yeah. um, why are you shooting? Does that matter to you? I don't think you're going to get enough people to say, yes, I'll do that versus no, I want to walk the prize table and I'll pay more money. Yeah. Uh, so until sponsors are like, we're done. Peace out. We're not sponsoring anything anymore. Um, you're going to have the prize tables and match directors are going to have to do the work um, to earn their sponsors as well. And it's not just, I think here's part of the problem with the sport is people think that it's the match director's job to promote the sponsors and to say thank you and to provide an ROI to them. And it's not. It is equally just as much, I would say, more important that the shooters show the sponsors the ROI, the return on investment for what they're putting on prize tables and stuff like that. Now, after the pro-am, and and I'll do it at, at the challenge and everything as well, but I said, hey, it's great to get on there and say, hey, pick this up off the prize table at the Pearland at the American Defense Trail Challenge. Thank you for sponsoring. Appreciate it. Love this. Going to use it. They appreciate that. They see that. They value that. It's good for them, right? Helps the marketing guy turn around to, to the board, to the vice president or whatever and say, hey, you know, look, we're being tagged in all this stuff. Yep. It's even more valuable to them when you get online and you purchase purchase a Vortex scope from stage zero or you purchase a jp silent capture or timmy trigger or hyperfire trigger or lead star rifle or whatever and then when you get it you turn around and say hey i just bought this da, 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 from you know by such and such by jp by vortex by whoever um and i, I bought this partly because of your support of x y and z match because of your support of the, the competition shooting sports thank you for what you do and you put that in the post and they see that like, hey, this isn't just something we gave away them saying thank you. This is them spending their money on our product, which is why we do this to begin with. Yeah. And I, I think not enough shooters realize that if they want prize tables, they've got to put some skin in the game and put some effort into thanking yeah. the sponsors as well. Yeah. I think, I mean, even like I'm, I'm a sponsored shooter by other companies, but even if there is like a comp competitor in that market and they've sponsored and I pull something from price table or win like a random draw, like I still go say, thank you. I mean, that's still their product, their time, you know, it's not a conflict to say, thank you. I think that's a winning combination uh, for the sport. And, you know, just like I, I've been learning to vote with my dollars for the past like three years, it doesn't matter if it's a fast food restaurant, right. Or gas station or whatever, but like similar to this, like if I see, you know, that company sponsoring a match. Okay. I'm going to support them over maybe the one that I would really, really like or want. And I'm going to give them a shot. And typically they're equal or better, you know? No, And you know, you say the voting with your dollars and it's yeah. funny because, or, you know, by where you purchase based off of things that they've done 
you know, there, there are companies in the marketplace that have done some really bad marketing strategies, yep. you know, degrading other companies. Yeah. And because of that, a lot of shooters won't go shop with X, Y, and Z company because of that. Um, I was talking to Dave Horn this weekend. He's getting the itch to buy a new truck. And he was like, yeah, but I, I may switch over to the dark side and, and get the get a Chevy or GM. I was like, I will never, ever buy a Chevy or GM. He's like, why? Oh, because of the bailout? I was like, yes. Yeah. I said, Ford didn't take any money, kept on going. Dodge took money. They didn't have to pay it back, but cool. GM took money and then shipped jobs out of the country. I will, Unless it's like a 67 Camaro or something like that, I will yeah. never, ever buy it. He's like, well, he said, I respect that. He yeah. said, he said, you know, if, if that's, I said, I'm not like that on everything. It's a matter of, you know, what's important to me. Yep. Um, Coke got woke and a lot of people wouldn't drink them or whatever. And I still drink Cokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I can't different. exactly. <laughs> Kick that habit of uh, drugs there. No. <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, you know, we all have little things that kind of hit a little bit more closer to home for us and than other things. And it's where matter of where you take your stand, but like you said, with your dollars you know and um hopefully and i put this at almost every one of the the announcements for a sponsor is support those who support us yep you know if you've got x y and z company and they don't support ever sponsor a match or do anything to support the shooting sports or the second amendment as a whole don't spend your money with them no you're gonna get like you said and as as good as or better product usually for the same amount of money, a little bit more, a little bit less. Yep. Take your business somewhere else. And um, a lot of them, I was telling somebody this the other day because they were asking me about sponsorship. Somebody in, in an email actually came in from my website and you know, they're like, oh, I shoot locals and I want to be sponsored. And I was like, okay, well, that's not where you're going to get sponsored too. But the other thing is the companies are shooting in the matches. Like Jason from Federal, Ruben from yep. Vortex, they are Lan and Mike who own Dissident. Like they are yep. shooters. That's what they do. And they're literally at these matches. So um, that says a lot too, because I don't actually buy a lot of products from companies that don't listen to their shooters, don't have somebody that's shooting for them, that's giving them feedback, that's innovating. That's a big, huge deal to me. Because um, the other thing too, what, what you're saying is like, okay, this company never sponsors a sport. I bet you that maybe there's like 1% of person that has a contact there versus like, again, Vortex, there's 700 of us that can give you Ruben's cell phone number today, but not that we would do that. Right. <laughs> but our community would help you figure out what you need in the customer services there. Yeah, I'll be like this. Hey, here's here's Ruben's number. Tell him Joe gave it to you. Donnie <laughs> 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 <Really> Flow. <laughs> What's your name? Joe, Joe Farewell. Your jersey says Donnie Flo. No, it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well, you know and, and you know um when it comes to the local shooters and i get a lot of those and i tell you what mike sex and leg star he gets a lot of them yeah that um, we'll call him and be like hey my especially the chill, still challenge shooters but like my son daughter you know is a, is a shooter and do this and you should sponsor them he's like yeah uh, no um but like for me, I'm not a phenomenal, and I'll I'll, tell, I'll say this: I'm not a phenomenal um, shooter. If that's where you're going, yeah. In regards to the per, to personal sponsorship, um, you do not have to be a phenomenal shooter yeah. in order to get sponsorships. Example A, example B. You have to be a phenomenal ambassador. Me, I'm in a unique scenario situation because I own State Jersey Shooting Supply and I can sell stuff. And Vic was practical when he first started, like. 
I was his only dealer for years and sold, I was selling, I was buying $25,000 to $30,000 worth of product from him wow. a year and then selling. Same thing for Hyperfire, same thing for F1 when they started, Ledstar when they started. Like I could move product because I was at a match. Um, prototypes for MDX when they started doing their um, AR base pads in the coupler system. Yeah. Adrian sent me um, the prototypes and I took them with me up to the Trizicon three man three gun. Nice. Okay. Kind of did a little post about it, showed everybody whatever, got up there, showed people. And in three hours at the prize table and the breakfast dinner, uh, breakfast thing that where they did the awards and everything up there, I pre-sold. They weren't even available yet. And I pre-sold like 60-something sets in three hours That's awesome. to people up there. So, like, for me, I have the – you can quantify what I'm doing for the company and yeah. sales because stage zero is making the purchases. Yeah. But being an ambassador is is way better than being finishing at the top. Um, I think Patrick Beckham is an excellent example of that. Patrick wasn't a phenomenal shooter starting out, but he's been all over social media. Yeah. And that dude was lost. You tell about somebody who's putting a lot work, of yeah. lost, a, lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, he was a freaking great guy. Um, but he has been, I will I will tell you that Invictus <laughs> Practical, their resurgence, yeah, I see it on back there. That's why I keep pointing at the screen there. Um, so the, a lot of the resurgence in, in, in my sales, I fullheartedly believe, has come from his effort in helping to promote oh, yeah. Invictus Practical. Oh, yeah. And that's what you have to do. You well, know, if you can show value. Yeah. And, sh- and showing up. So, uh, I mean, bless her heart, the person that emailed me, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I, I wrote it out. I mean, I'm going to give this feedback to everyone. That's why I kind of told her, I'm like, how many matches do you RO every year? How many new shooters have you brought to this sport? How many people have borrowed your guns, your gear, what have you, you know, how many majors can you get to if you can for the year? Right. Because the entire Marine Corps team, we were doing the jungle run. I think every single person borrowed my caddies. And then we would just put them on the next person, put them on the next person because we have the ELS system, which is so wonderful to be able to use gear. You can never have too many of that. And that's just one example. Well, we've seen thousands of examples, yeah. but that's a huge, it goes a long way. Yeah, long exactly. Way. So, um, yeah, that's it for the, the, the individual sponsor stuff, I yeah. guess. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. That's good though. Um, the other thing that we were talking about kind of offline too, is just how the political nature of everything has changed. It was, it was funny when I was first starting shooting, I've never been into politics. I don't like those games. And I would always say like, I'm not political and I'm not when it's coming like forcing out other people, but I'm having to get involved now voting with dollars, speaking up, having to like, you know, share knowledge because it's so misconstrued. So what are some things that you've seen like the shooters in this industry start getting involved with like politically wise? And what does that future look like for us? So I think that there's no, I think there are a lot of people that are going to um, get out and try and protect the second amendment, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, whether it's NRA or whether it's uh, Heritage Foundation, whatever the the found whatever the thing is, there's a whole plethora of organizations, foundations dedicated to protecting the second amendment. Um, shooters in particular, I think, have one of the best foundations for um, uh, vocalizing that yeah. support and the reason for the second amendment. Um, I think we've got a lot of shooters, um, who are representing in the political spectrum. So you've got like Tony Cowden, who is running for Senate in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Aaron Reed, who used to shoot for, uh, Bushmaster and everything, um, running for the house in the state of Kentucky. Yep. 
you've got a bunch of younger shooters like you look at like um Becky uh, or not uh, Becky, Beth Walker has been you know, Beth Walker, I was gonna say Beth Walker and everything yeah. that she's doing and whatnot. Sydney, um Rockwell, who has gone and worked um as a uh as an intern at the the White House or you know, with a um congressman and everything from her state and everything. Um Becky yeah, actually and her with, family has done that as well. Like they've gone up to DC and yeah. yeah. So I was gonna say you got the DC project and Diana and everything that, that those people are doing and everything. So there's a lot of a lot of organizations that are getting shooters involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the normal person that just buys guns to collect guns and go to the range to plink and whatever, I mean, yeah. they're great to, to go and, and to help vocalize that. But I think when you have such a diverse group, like you could go to a three-gun match, and, and she hasn't been out lately, and I know she lost her, I think she lost her husband. Um, but Laura Torres, um, you know, doctor. Black lady, doctor, shooter, and then you step over and you've got, um, oh man, I can't even, I can't even think like just the some of the diversity. You got like people from the military. You got doctors. You got lawyers. You got people that are, you know, working at Lowe's. You got people that are police officers. Yep. Oh man, just there are so many people from so different, so many different walks of life that are, you know, male, female. Um, all race, creeds, colors, whatever. I don't think there's any better, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sport that shows the diversity yeah. of this country and not just the diversity, but that just get along. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I know people have offered me places to stay that I've never even met. Like we're friends on social media, but like, I know friends, I know friends. And and like, that's not surprising. And the other thing is I was talking to Morgan Leonhardt's dad and, and he, he gave me a quote from a magazine for her, but he was like, there's not, there's not, name another sport where you can compete against your kid and have mm-hmm. fun and be competitive and travel together. I'm like, uh, I couldn't. Name another, yeah. Name another sport that literally someone would be like, your gun went down. Here it is. Your piece of gear broke. Here's mine. Oh. Your ammo is not running. This happened the other the other day at Multigun Nationals. The guy's ammo wasn't running. Someone's like, you need ammo? I got some. Yeah, yeah. Go look in the back of my truck. Get what you need. That's awesome. I, you know, this is funny. Too. I got to share this real quick. On Cowboy Action, nobody ever knows their real names. So I was at a major match and my revolvers went down. This guy gave it to me. And at the end, like I found him and gave him back. He goes, I realized I didn't even know your real name. I actually forgot <laughs> your A-list. I gave you two pistols, like, you know, $1,300. But that's normal. And he's like, and I knew I would get him back. <laughs> now, you know, it's funny because um, Dave Horn and Stephon Wiggins, I went to a, a three-gun match with them up in Alabama many, many years ago. And when we pulled in, pulled in and I'm in the back seat and both of them at like the same time go, drop that strong box. I'm like, what the, f- what is that? And they're like, well, Cowboy Town. I was like, I don't know what that is. They're like, we enter Cowboy Town. I was like, I don't know what Cowboy Town is. And they were like, Cowboy Action. I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, and they're like, well, you know, you have these different names. They kind of told me what it was. And they're like, and usually at the start of a stage, they make you say something crazy before yep. you start it. So they're like, we shot it one time. And one of the things that we had to say was drop that strong box. <laughs> so I, every time I go into Cowboy Town, you know, when we go to, to the Rock or whatever and see Cowboy Town or in Atlanta, um, their, their area, whatever, the first thing that comes to my mind anytime I ever hear anything about cowboy action shooting is drop that strong box. <laughs> Donnie, it's it's a harder competition than people make fun of. I will tell you oh, that. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Well, we had some guys, that, some people that used to shoot down here that were like phenomenal yep. 
cowboy action shooting. Um, J- yeah. uh, Jody and Megan Snyder used yeah. to do it a lot. And there's yeah. another guy, I can't remember his name, but um, he used to, to do it as well because when he came to shoot three gun, um, he saw them and he was like, I know those people from somewhere. I was like, cowboy action shooting. He was like, yeah, that's such and such and such and such. I was like, I don't know about that name, but that's Jody and that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so I think for the political spectrum, I think we have to get involved. I, I think um, sitting on the sidelines, it's kind of like as Christians, um, sitting on the sidelines and just letting the status quo go yep. or voicing our opinion amongst ourselves while not voicing it um, politically and, and getting more involved, whether it's uh, helping get somebody elected, whether it's running for a political office, whether it's getting super involved in something like the DC project or something like that, that has a larger impact and everything like that. We've got to, we've got to do things to actually get involved. And, and I'll tell you for young people, I think, I think Beth Walker is a phenomenal role model for junior shooters when it comes to, a, 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 a pathway to follow, a blueprint to follow of how to get involved and make your voice heard. Yeah, she's wise beyond her years. Oh, yeah, very much. I, I think the world of her. Um, Sydney Rockwell, the same way. I think the world of her. We don't get to see her out there shooting much anymore or whatever. Hopefully she makes it back out sometime soon. But um, I think both of them are are phenomenal young women that have that are doing all the right things. Um, to help themselves in life and to help promote the shooting sports and the protect segment. Oh yeah. Um, the unfortunate thing too, is like we as a collective group too are being scrutinized, watched and, and all of that. And, and honestly, it's like one bad taste in someone's mouth from any one of us represents the entire community. So, you know, we really have to realize that we are representing a group much bigger than ourselves. So even if we have to, Say it a little bit nicer, bite our tongue, you know, on how we respond. Like that's important too. Got to, got to start be, stop eating our own. Yeah. You know, oh, somebody, you get a new shooter that comes in and wants to ask a question, and people just blast them. You know, it's like why? Yeah. What would it have been easier for you to not have responded and let somebody who wanted to help respond yeah. than it was for you to type? some smart aleck response yeah and make them feel unwanted like we don't want them in the game we don't want them helping or feel um, dumb like and we forget that we were there in their spot before yeah so we gotta stop stop eating eating our own from within yeah um i think that's incredibly important and i'll be honest with you i think the internet's the devil (laughs) it is social media social media we kill ourselves on social media we people get on there and badmouth sponsors People get on there and badmouth other people, organizations. They just the the anonymity of and while we may know your name, you're not going to get punched in the mouth for saying things on social media like you will if you say it in person to somebody. Right. So internet tokens. Yep. Well said. Um, switching complete gears. Uh, I want to talk about entrepreneurship. You know, um, so stage zero shooting supply. I want to know like. What made you start that? Was that a brick and mortar before? Was it online? Like, what made you start that? So when I first got into shooting, um, I was buying some stuff. And uh, I called the company to say, hey, here's what I'm wanting to get. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, here's what you need. I was like, okay, is this, you know, I understand it's your company, but is this the best thing out there? Just, you know, give me honest feedback. 
I'm looking to buy your product. I'm not looking to buy something else, but kind of need to know. Here's what I've seen. I've seen this. Oh, this is the latest and greatest. You know, da 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 da. If you don't like it, let me know. We'll fix it. Take care of it. All right, cool. So I ordered it, and two weeks later, um, Invictus had just come out, um, and I didn't know about Invictus yet. I mean, they were just coming out. Well, this guy had already seen them, and he was so it was a shot shell caddy company. Yeah. And I come back, and I was like, hey. Um, I seen that you just released something that is better than what I bought two weeks ago with you telling me it was the latest and greatest and there was nothing else coming. Well, yeah, you know, but I can't really tell you that something's coming. It's not released. I'm like, okay. Um, so are you going to do anything for me? Well, I'll give you 10% off. Don't worry about it. I went and bought Invictus. <laughs> they, they were more expensive. I went and bought Invictus. I said, and because of that, um, I was like, you know what? Um, no, I'm sorry. It was AP Customs, not Invictus. Invictus hadn't come out yet. Um, AP Customs. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm um, I'm done. No, I'm, I'm tired of calling companies and being told one thing mm-hmm. and turn around and something completely different. Uh, they're, Several of the companies were looking to make a buck and looking to make the money, and they weren't concerned about repeat business. Mm. Um, So I opened up stage zero um, for the, hey, I will help you get what you need the first time, right? not try and make more money off of you by selling you something wrong the first time for you to come buy something else. I would rather make money and get the repeat business from the next time you need something from your referrals to other people that, Hey, this is an honest dude. You can call him, talk to him, trust him, whatever. Um, so that's what I've done. And I've had people that have gotten online and bought something and I'm like, let me call. And I'll call him like, Hey, why are you buying this? Well, because of this, well, have you thought about this? No, I thought about that. Let me do that. Can I switch that? What do I need to do? Not a problem, man. Here's the difference. Let's take the payment over the and get them the right thing. Yeah. Um, so I started off, I started off with like $3,000 worth of product from AP Customs, Playtech, and Warren Scope Mounts. And why I decided to carry Scope Mounts before I even carried Scopes, I don't know. Um, I think that falls into the, the, the trap of poor business decisions. Um, so, so, hey, man, you got a Scope to go with that Scope Mount? No, but I got a Scope. I started off with that, and I had like a 10 by 10 tent, a tablecloth, and and eight foot table or six foot table and three, three um, plastic containers that I would carry in the back of the truck and set up. <laughs> and then I started doing the here pro and started doing the FFL stuff for three gun nation and Tarnal three gun um, and, and use that money to help grow or whatever. And then, um, you know, went from a GoDaddy website, to a better website with an inventory, actual inventory system and point of sale and, and everything. And I've just, I've taken all the money and pushed it back into the business. So oh. I went from 3,000 in inventory to like 160,000 in inventory. Wow. And I'm just working on growing that. So I've got the the, the, the website, stagezeroshooting.com, spelled with Z-E-R-O, no zero. Um, actually spelled out, but stagezeroshooting.com. Um, and uh, I, I have a brick and mortar. I've got a 10,000 square foot um, shop that's zoned for industrial, by industrial. Um, it's set up like a shop. All the inventory is up on the walls, glass display cases, everything like that. I do that by appointment only because I'm still active duty military. 
Yeah. So I, I'm not here all the time. So I do that by appointment only and generally with only with people that I know. Yeah. Um, or that have a strong reference. Like you call and say, hey, I know this guy. Can he come pick this up? Cool. Not a problem. This guy calls and says, hey, I saw your place on the Internet. I want to come get this. Mm, I don't take input traffic. But yeah, um, and that's because it's at my house. You know, I, it's a facility zone, light industrial commercial behind my home where my family is. And I don't want strangers coming out there seeing that, you know, what I have out there and, and everything. FFL and whatnot. So yeah, keep that traffic down. Keep the wife a little bit um, more happy with knowing that strength complete strangers aren't coming to the house. Yeah. All the time. So when do you open your business? I opened it in 2013. So I was actually sitting in the hospital at Walter Reed in DC filling out the paperwork and um, submitting things to open up accounts with people. Um, I called uh, Aaron at AP Customs and I was talking to him and I was like, no, no, no. He's like, the doctors came in and I was talking, I was like, hold on a second. And I was talking to them. He's like, dude, are you at the hospital? I was like, yeah. He said, who's in the hospital? I was like, I am. He's like, what are you in the hospital for? So I just had two discs replaced in my neck. He said, when? I said, this morning. <laughs> he said, are you kidding me? I was like, nah. I said, I just had them, just had them replaced this morning, you know? He was like, geez. My God. So, yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, so I, I opened it in 2013. I've just been growing it. You know, I've got three years. What's today's date? The seventh. I've got oh my God. You have years. the countdown. Here we go. I've got three years, seven months and 24 <laughs> days till I retire. So. so every time I've seen Donnie, you guys, he literally knows the exact date. <laughs> can't come fast enough i'm ready to go like once i hit that two-year sanctuary man i ain't doing nothing but doctor's appointments medical appointments and Interview. whatever reason leave I'm, I'm i'm a ghost i'm like who's that guy he works here yeah that's our club i don't know who that is God. i've been here three years i don't know who that is Oh my gosh. But I love it. Like you, you've pretty much set yourself up for success. Like most, most military, you know, they struggle with that transition points. So like they don't plan or, you know, they're thinking about it maybe way too late of like a year or a couple months out. Whereas you've built this business where when you're ready to be out, you've got something to go full send on. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. yeah. Between this, between Toriel three gun and stage zero, that's what I'm, I'm hoping run matches, run the business. Um, you know, maybe be able to hire some people down the road. Maybe be able to hire somebody to do marketing for me. Talk about freeing up some of my time. Can't Who does Kenzie. that now? For can't afford Kenzie right now, though. She's she's kind of hot dollar. <laughs> that master's degree doesn't pay for itself. No, you're right about that. I'll tell you what. We'll put you in the military, though. We'll help you get that degree paid for. True. True. I. It's funny thinking about that, too. Um, but for, like, the rest of us. Yeah. But like, it, it's fascinating to me. Like I have a ceiling, you know, if you had to hire a full-time person, like you couldn't hire them for what I would charge. Right. But then if you think about it, like I had a ceiling, that's why I quit. I mean, entrepreneurship is super hard, you know, <laughs> it's so difficult. Um, but you know, three years ago I was stuck in a spot with a ceiling over and I've blasted that away. So, and I'm happier. Yep. I, I mean, uh, Dave Hartman did the same thing. Yep. You know, he just kind of gave it up and went all in on, on something that he loves. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully that'll be, that'll be me in three years, seven months and 24 days. <laughs> <I> hate you. <laughs> I'm 
I'm sorry, six days. hours, 14 days. Yeah, 14 days. I got less. I'm trying to give myself extra time. I only do that. Uh, yeah. How long enough? Yeah. Uh, but it's cool. I mean, our industry is smaller than people think, um, even mm-hmm. as a larger firearms industry. But, you know, I know like Dave Horn's got his um, uh, restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's got four and getting ready to open up a fifth. Yep. And we do exactly the one, as long as I've known Dave, we cannot go to a match <laughs> anywhere without having Mexican. So it's only fitting that he's opened a Mexican restaurant oh, in Soho yeah. Taco. Yeah, it's going to be called Soho Taco. I like it. I like it. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, I told him as long as he's got some chorty queso, I'm good. <laughs> so. Oh, man, I love it. Well, okay, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you want to talk about? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We've covered what we've covered a little bit of politics and stage zero and Tar Hill and some of the matches and sponsorships. What's next for you, future, other than um your military time <laughs> countdown? Man, um, you know, I, I think for me, obviously going to be spending time with people downstairs. Um, I think for me, it's it's it's. I want to build a name. I want to, you know, I'm still a new match director, right? Like the Tar Heel Challenge is something we're bringing back. It was last time the Tar Heel Challenge was around was 2017. So a lot of people don't know about it. They're in the shooting sports today. And um, the Pro-Am is not a good example of what this match is going to be. Right. So a lot of people don't know what to expect for my matches that are not the Mm -hmm. Pro-Am. So, you know, I guess part of it is to build a good reputation there of putting together matches that, that test all aspects of shooting, um, how to break down stages, you know, options, long range, to have kind of that. So when people see I'm announcing that we're having a match, people go, I'm there. Right. And not just the shooters, but I want to have that that relationship built with the sponsors. But yep. they know that I'm going to put in the effort yep. to promote their product more than anybody else or their company, their brand. Um, and then I'm trust they trust me with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to build that, um, you know, down the road, you know, I'm hoping in three years, maybe move towards my own range. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of what ifs. And that's a lot of what happens in the political spectrum yeah. of things. So, um, if not, then Clinton house is going to be my, my home, you know, um, Chris has been like, won't you, when you retire, you come down here and run the Clinton house. I'm like, holy crow. We'll see. And he's like, my, they've got a cabin there that, that uh, we stay in when we go down there. My wife loves it. It's nice. She's like, this, this, this. I just feel like I'm at home. <laughs> and he's like, no, we can make the cabin part of the deal. <laughs> what? So Ashley, no. And I'm like, no, we're not letting Ashley. <laughs> She's like, when can we move down there? That's the dream. I mean, I, I would want my own too. You know, that, that's something I've seen too. Like I've wanted my whole life land. But I mean, if you look at Josh Freilich and Joe Farrell and people we've already talked about, they own their own property. They walk outside and they shoot their targets. And, you know, well, it's work. Yeah. I talked to Rick Porter when I was told him that I was, I used to go out to his place to practice and he's got like 45 acres or so. And he's got a phenomenal range set up out there. Bunch of bays and long range out to like four or 500. Wow. Um, and I was like, uh, told him I was looking for a property. He was like, well, what do you want to accomplish? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, what are you wanting to accomplish with having land? I was like, I want to set up my own range, be able to walk outside, shoot, get some great practice in. He said, are you wanting to work? I was like, like when you retire, you want to just go outside, shoot or work? I was like, well, 
I want to shoot more than I want to work. He's like, well, then don't buy land. He's like, if you buy land, you're not going to shoot the way you thought. And he ain't wrong. I spend 85% of my time on, with my ranges. I've got, um, I've got a nice little setup at the house um, back on my property or whatever. Just had the, the Air Force action shooting team out to train the whole week before multi-gun nationals. Um, but 85, 90% of it, I spend mowing, mowing, picking up sticks, cutting out limbs, moving trees, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And I don't get to shoot right now. I'm in a battle of attrition with the wasp. I, I keep killing them and they keep showing up. I don't know where they're coming from. But <laughs> Underground. Get me before too long. It's only a matter of time. <sighs> Tell you what. So it's, it's a uh, getting land. It, it, it's, it's great to be able to go out there and practice, but sure. it's, and especially for me when I'm working full-time new baby and two businesses, it's almost impossible to get out there and really put in practice. It was like, oh, you got to rank. Yeah, I don't get to use it. You need to buy an animal, animals and like goats that eat, eat the grass or kill it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I told Ashley, you said she wanted goats. I was like, if I get goats, they're going to be fainting goats. So every time I fire around, they just fall over. I was like, I'll just have like 10 or 12 of them out there. And every time I practice, like, and then they just fall over. That's I'll just, the only way I'm having goats is if they're the fainting goats. That way, if I'm having a bad day, I'll go out, I'll pull up shotgun, fire it off or whatever, and watch oh, them fall down. <laughs> Keep me they, entertained. Do they just come back up after it's been quiet for a bit? Yeah. They, just, they stand back up after a while, but they go, they just fall over. Have you never seen them? I don't know. No. You up painting goats. Okay. Painting goats. Painting oh goats. Something like that. Anyway, you got to Well, it's like, I, I'm so sick of mowing mowing the yard. Then I just, I want asphalt or dirt or I'm going to murder it all. They made an auto mower. I saw this sign in Atlanta today. Okay. Yeah. That is so cool. We literally went off like this UE and I was like, I'm buying that, investing that. Like, put me down. <laughs> I tell you what, I see the mowing the yard part. I actually enjoy get on my tractor, riding back and forth. No, I'm good. I'll put on some music. <laughs> I'll put on the Millie Vanilli station and um, on uh, Pandora, and I'll be sitting there going back and we're going. There's like rocking out my wife's looking out the window. I'll look at him. She'll be like, oh, That's cute. <laughs> you were made in that life. <laughs> I mean, but it takes so long. So my parents, even 14 acres, I was bush hogging. It's like three hours to sit. Yeah, to, to mow my entire yard and the property or whatever that I, I mow. I've got a tractor with a seven foot mowing deck. Yeah. And then I do my regular like zero turn for the yard yard. And it usually takes me about six hours to seven hours to mow everything weedy to yeah. do the, the yard. And I'll just put in the music and I'll just get to it. Pass. Uh, I, I, the whole day. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, we bored yeah, some people. <laughs> what else? Anything else that we haven't covered or any final words of wisdom for shooters, maps directors, the community, all the things? Um, words of wisdom. Uh, let's see. I, I'll tell you my, my kind of personal philosophy or whatever, I guess. And so work for what you want, earn what you get, trust in God for everything else. I've never heard you say that. I like that. No, that's, that's my, uh, uh, quote it from somebody. I think I'm the only one that's, I think that's my, my personal quote. Got, <laughs> work for what that. you want, earn what you get, trust in God for everything else. 
like it. Perfect. Well said. Oh, Donnie. Okay. So give me your website one more time. And then how can people find you on social media? All right. So, um, two websites, stage zero is www.stagezero.shooting.com. Um, Tar Heel 3 Gun, it's www.tarheel3g.com. Jack Wagon, who owns the website, doesn't want to give it up um, for tarheel3gun.com, but I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. Um, on social media, uh, Instagram, I've got it under Stage Zero Shooting Supply, all, you know, one word. And then Facebook, I've got a whole plethora of ways you can contact me. I've got Donnie Flow. I've got Stage Zero Shooting Supply. I've got Stage Zero Shooting Supply Team or Stage Zero Shooting Team. I've got Tar Hill 3 Gun. I've got uh, Microtech Pro-Am. I've got American Defense. Um, Tar Hill 3 Gun. Take your pick. <laughs> and then there's contact info and messages. And like people, one of the people like, Man, I messaged you like two weeks ago. I was like, yeah, I saw it. I just couldn't find it. I don't know. I don't know which email it was. I don't know which Instagram account it was. I don't know which Facebook account it was. I don't know if he texted me. It's somewhere. I just can't find who sent it to respond. Donnie. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, if you need something um, from stage zero for competition shooting, um, you know, the guys at uh, Dissonance says, you know, we know competition. Mine is competition starts here. There you go. Stage zero before stage one. And if uh, Donnie doesn't respond to you listeners on here, ping me. I will get a direct line where he knows to find it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Just try another round. <laughs> so, Love it. Man. Well, I appreciate it. I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's always a good time and everything like that. And look forward to it. What are you shooting coming up? Well, are you I'm- shooting the Battle South? I'm shooting area six. That was on my match okay. before. I didn't know about that match till too late. And that looks, that looks like a really good one. Um, I'm supposed to be registering myself for pro-am. Although I backed out of multi again. So people listening, they don't know. Um, I've sprained my ankle February 11th, backpacking in the Smokies. I thought it would heal up and I've been in a brace for the last four weeks. I'm on week eight. I'm going to physical therapy. I've got to get an MRI. You know me, I'm, I'm pretty flexible when it comes to bruising and hurting myself. I'm like, I'm going to go the next match, but this ankle is a little bit, worse than running than i thought um are you going know. to the challenge well that's those are the two matches pro am and the, and the tar heel three gun you know but that okay. is coming up and i don't know how my ankle is gonna do okay well at the very least come down hang out yeah it's not far i want to do that no matter what um those are on there i want to do the, th- the three i know you weren't doing the team match right anymore well, yeah we pushed that off because that was the only weekend yeah. that um Andy Horner could do on his Blue Ridge. Right, right, right. So he needed that weekend to set up for his match. So I said, all right, I got enough on my plate this year. We'll push that off another year or so. Yeah. But so. yeah, Pro Am and, and Tar Heel and Multi Guns were, were the three ones that I wanted to shoot this year. So hopefully I can get at least one of those in or else I'm going to be sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sad. I don't know. I And then, like, for, you know, USPSA, I know people, I'm in all the sports, you guys. Like, I know. I'm in all of them. I really am. And yeah. I'm chasing PCC and it's actually been a really fun time and it's helped me mm-hmm. move faster. Um, so we'll see how that goes this year. And um, I definitely mm-hmm. want to come over next year and shoot those shotgun matches. Cause I'm going to world shoot. There you go. For sure. That's how you qualify for. Yeah. That's my jam. <laughs> Hopefully. And then like, I want to go open one day cause it uh, looks a lot easier than tech ops these days. I got those distant arm shotgun in stock usually. Yeah. Yeah. So, Saving up for next year, 2023 open. That's the goal. There you go. I hear you. More power to you. 
I'll but stick to tac ops. You're crushing tac ops. I just no, I'm not. I'm, I'm I, I got to do some good work in you the last did good. Two, three weeks. You did good. You did get a multi nationals though. So and that might be the end of the really good practice I get. I need I need a bunch of primers. I got like forty thousand projectiles, Bluetooth cases, yep. like sixty pounds of powder, yep. and only like ten thousand primers left. Same. So primers are the are the problem. So it's scary. But um, we'll definitely see. It. If I didn't have to go to the battle for the south and something else on Friday for the church or whatever, I'd be going to Area Six. I'd see you there. But yeah. uh, I'll see you all year long. Hill challenge. I already know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we'll look forward to seeing you there i appreciate it let me uh let me know if you need anything absolutely thank you listeners for tuning in so um if you have any thoughts on what donnie talked about today too you know bring those up start talking to not just uspsa but match directors get involved um you know there's a lot of ways to get involved in this industry and i think what you shared was really valuable so thank you i appreciate it thanks for the opportunity thanks yep. for having me Stay tuned, right. guys, for the next episode of the Reticle Up Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Young Kenzie.